Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Where to Go. I'm James Atkinson, Senior Brand Manager at DK Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, Senior Editor at DK Witness. And welcome to Where to Go, where every fortnight we find out more about the world's favourite travel destinations with people who know those places best. So, today, where are we off to, Lucy? We're actually off to Jamaica. Yes, sunny Jamaica. So Sunny Jamaica. I'm quite fascinated by Jamaica. I've never been. No, I, I've never been, but I, I mean, I have friends who have been and have absolutely loved it. It's one of those places. Mm. I think I'm willing to say it's actually on my bucket list. I'd love yes. to go to Jamaica. I mean, it, it, it like it's not just the kind of like the the weather, the beaches, the um, but it's thinking about the things like the food, yes. which I'm sure which we will get we will onto. Uh, we will come onto that, <laughs> but also um, yeah, the the sort of the cultural hub of Kingston and kind of the heart of reggae music That's and Rastafarianism, that kind of like unique culture that kind of exists within in the island um, yeah really really rich in culture as well as being just i well i imagine from what i've seen a truly truly beautiful place i'm really desperate to go i mean we've talked about places that have like big cultural exports in this series so far we've been to la been to manchester yes. and you think about the uh, like the cultural <laughs> export of manchester is huge but jamaica it's an island in the caribbean and you just think of like you know the impact it's had across across music across film across tv across arts across totally. um uh you know uh literature at like uh, across cooking which yes, again we'll get yes. on to yeah. and everything and um you know it's a it, it's it's a really real unique place so on that james who have we got coming in to talk to us about jamaica uh so we've got riaz phillips so riaz is a writer video maker and photographer born and raised in london but he is passionate about the afro-caribbean food he grew up with and sought to redress the void of media uh, attention surrounding this cuisine with his first book bellyful caribbean food in the uk and he's currently got a new book, West Winds, coming out pretty soon mm. with the team at DK. Um, so we've got exclusive access to Riaz. Uh, <laughs> he's also travelled pretty extensively around Jamaica 
and it's a it's a place that's kind of really really close to his heart but currently he's actually in trinidad <laughs> we should say um so without further ado live from trinidad welcome riaz hello riaz hello welcome welcome we'll begin by learning more about riaz's connection to the caribbean particularly to jamaica and then we're going to move on to some of the best things the island has to offer as well as the hidden gems unknown to most tourists and then we'll bring you up to speed with what jamaica has been like in recent times so listener, before we begin, uh, you may notice something a bit strange about my audio. Uh, that's because we had a couple of technical difficulties with this episode. Um, honestly, it gets better, as does the podcast. So Riaz, can you tell us a little bit more about your connection to Jamaica? Um, well, well then both of my parents were actually born in East London. Yep. All of their parents and the generations that came before them, they were all born in the Caribbean. So mm-hmm. predominantly Jamaica, but all over, everywhere from Jamaica all the way down to Guyana. Um, they were part of not directly the Windrush generation, but around the generation who came in to fill the gaps of labor force after mm-hmm. the world wars. Mm. They were all, they were shown recruitment letters and advertisements on the radio and on the TV, you know, about a better life in England and things weren't great in the Caribbean at that time. It was kind of in political turmoil, social turmoil, economic turmoil. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them made the decision to gather up what suit or belongings they had in a suitcase and get on a boat and jump over and come to the UK. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how I ended up here a few generations later. And and so like in terms of like your connection to Jamaica, have you always like kind of visited? Have you always had family over there? Have you always, um, or, or has it been kind of a case of going back to to discover uh, where your family sort of came from? Um, uh, they made it, uh, my parents made it a goal of theirs to always bring me into the fold of the culture and make it known that it was my culture and raise me up on it. So I've been going to Jamaica pretty much ever since I was about two years old. I think that was the first time my mum took me. Oh, wow. Staying with different family up in, it's a parish, it's called St. Anne, mm-hmm. where Ocho Rios is up in the hills, a uh, really scenic part of the country lush green just everything you can imagine so we'd always we'd stay there with a distant family I think the main the main kicker for me was I had never been there by myself yeah and that's kind of what spurred the journey later on in life I had a gap of about say 10 years yeah between the ages of 17 and 27 because you know you're at uni and then starting a career and these things kind of fall to the side yeah I'd never really been there and I'd started noticing a lot of my friends were going like friends who had no connection to Jamaica whatsoever, okay. uh, just that they'd seen it and really wanted to visit. And yeah, this is a time jumping forward a bit where I'd already written and released Belly Four, which is my first book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even in that journey, hadn't visited Jamaica. So after I'd finished that and I kind of had a bit of time on my hands and the weather in England got really crap, I was like, you know what, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm gonna go and spend yeah. some spend some real time there. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I mean I mean the, the the weather being crap is the key thing as well. I think you've got to escape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Riaz, is it? Are you always? You know, do you find yourselves going back yourself going back to the same parts of Jamaica, or have you had an opportunity? Then are you uh, are you exploring different parts of it? I actually think I'm a really conservative explorer. If that makes any sense. Okay. Like, I explore a lot, but when yeah. I find the places I like, I kind of get stuck in always visiting there and not expanding out beyond that. So I'll do like, I'll have like an exploration phase and then I'll find stuff I like and then I'll just settle on that. So I have have a loop that I do in Jamaica, which is depending on where you fly in. There's two two airports in Jamaica you can fly into, uh, Montego Bay or Kingston. 
Yeah. And so Montego Bay is on the north coast, Kingston's on the south coast. Mm -hmm. And Jamaica is not really a big place. You can circle the hour in a day, uh, circle mm. the island in a day. Um, you can get from one side to the other and depending on traffic, five hours, six hours, seven hours. Cause it's, it is one of the bigger Caribbean islands, but it's, it, yeah, it's, a, um, but I guess, yeah, it's interesting that you can still do that in a day and kind of move across quite easily. Yeah. I mean, if you're going around the interim, it's got super modern highways now. So especially if you're, yeah, if you're driving, it doesn't take that long at all. So I usually start in uh, Ocho Rios, which is like I said, where I kind of where I grew up, and I I mean I know the area quite well. Um, I got my favorite spots there. Do you still have family in that area as well? No, so just with time, family like passes away and houses get sold, and time mm. moves on. So I don't have that same family connection there. I've got like friends or family that I I visit and say hello and pass by. So I usually stay there for a bit and then move along the coast to Port Antonio. Which mm -hmm. is on the far east side, yeah. So Portland, Port Antonio is in uh, Portland Parish, which mm -hmm. I have no personal connection to myself. I don't have family from there. I think, yeah, just because of the nature of how hard people work in Jamaica and actually travel being quite a luxury, a yeah. lot of people don't travel much outside of where they're from or go to different parishes, um, mm. which is something I kind of had to learn for myself. And so I was surprised by how many people in Jamaica and how many of my Jamaican relatives had never been to Portland, mm. even oh, though it right. takes about two to three hours to get there from Ocho Rios. Mm. And mm. yeah, from Port Antonio, I usually travel to Kingston, which is kind of double back on yourself. And then just the highway that goes straight down south to Kingston, which is the capital. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Kingston's quite all. It's got the kind of downtown metropolis area, like crazy hustle and bustle markets. Yep. Then on the edges... It's got the Blue Mountains right there on the edge mm. where you can kind of stay up in these houses right at the top of the mountains that just look down on the whole city. Like crazy, like fresh air, the breeze, the wow. views, like food growing right there on the mountains, like from the sea breeze. Amazing. And all of this is manageable without a car because I can't drive. Like I grew up in Zone 2 London, so anybody yeah. who yeah. knows about growing up around there knows that <laughs> there's pretty much no reason to ever really drive. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, um, 24 hour buses. Now you've got 24 hour train. Yeah. So I never learned how to drive. And fortunately, Jamaica's got a really good kind of, it's called taxi service or buses. Mm -hmm. And they're really like mini buses, like, sorry, mini vans mm. where they, they sit in the stations or the depots and they all have their destinations written on the side. And you kind of sit in them and you wait till 12 people get in super cramped up like legs touching arms touching uh, once it's filled up then it departs on this journey and it's this kind of really fun like social journey because you're pretty much like arm to arm in there yeah. with everybody you might end up holding somebody shopping for them the whole journey because there's <laughs> not enough space I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're talking from experience there Riaz that you've uh... yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and I guess it's, a, it's probably a great way to kind of meet people as well as you're moving through Jamaica yeah you always end up having conversations or you eavesdrop or some people are talking about where to get the best like curry or where to get the best patties and everybody chimes in with their own opinion, which is, that's the Jamaican way. Everyone's got their favorite and they defend it really staunchly. <laughs> I mean, uh, that kind of brings us on a bit about uh, sort of Jamaican food, because obviously you have, you have kind of made it your mission to sample and celebrate uh, uh, lots of the differences of, of Caribbean food. Can you tell us a little bit more about Jamaican food and um, the kind of, uh, I don't know, like what you've kind of discovered, what you found out about it. Yeah, well, first, yeah, as an example, definitely 
the audio that we've experienced so far yeah. in the background today is that uh, I think that's actually the prime example of the diversity of Caribbean food. So when we first started, we had like uh, Indian Hindu religious music in the background. Okay. And now it's dancehall music from my neighbor. And I think that kind of encapsulates the diversity of the Caribbean, um, drawing from all parts of the world. But yeah, I guess that's like, you know, um, uh, I guess a lot of people might expect the dancehall, but maybe not the Indian Hindu music so much. Yeah. I mean, you will find that in Jamaica to some small degree, mm-hmm. but that's, it's one of the main reasons I kind of wanted to write a series yeah. about Caribbean food and not just kind of pigeonhole it into one book. Because yeah. as you go from different islands, you kind of tip the scale of demography. So mm-hmm. somewhere like Jamaica maybe has about 80 to 90% of this uh, makeup descending from, from Africa, from West Africa, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. after the transatlantic slave trade. But somewhere like Trinidad, it's more evenly split between... Mm those of African heritage, those of Indian heritage, uh, even those of Chinese heritage. Um, Mm -hmm. And that really shows itself in the food. The fact that this kind of Caribbean island in the middle of the Americas has Mm. one of its national dishes being curry. uh, I think it's kind of exemplary of that. And and is it kind of like, I I guess, is it the cultures like kind of, I I guess moving together as well that kind of like heritage where it's it's different ingredients kind of coming in to form your own take on curries your own different take take on on uh on the foods that different people have experienced in the past yeah it's definitely a mishmash of different cultures and you can see the heritage of the different uh places in each one like the Mm. way that they cook um curry in jamaica is completely different from trinidad let alone india Mm. i think it'd be almost Mm. unrecognizable to people from the Indian subcontinent, uh, mm. the way that people cook and eat curries here, it shows itself up in uh, yeah in the different foods. Mm. Yeah, because uh, what what makes the curry so different? Uh, as an as an example, I'm, I'm really curious. Just the way it's cooked, like even the way the way that certain meats are marinated and left over time before mm. they're cooked, kind of is represented of of um, a representation of West African food. The way that they cook and season there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the way that they start curries here, which is like with oil and then throwing the meat straight in is also represented of like African stews. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, when you come to Trinidad, the way that they cook curry is kind of mirrors how it's done in India, which is oil first and then the curry powder burnt in the oil with yeah. onions and garlic, um, which is something you're not going to see in Jamaica unless that person is kind of staying true to their Indian heritage, that mm. process of like burning curry. Um you really don't see that that much. Cool. Uh, that, that, that's really, really interesting. Yeah, um, no idea. I had no, no clue at all. And um, I guess we're now going to kind of, now we've, you've brought us into the world of food and stuff, we're going to ask you a couple of quickfire questions about some of your sort of best things to do in, across Jamaica. But I mean, we're going to obviously ask about things to eat as well. So yeah, we'll <laughs> ask course. about that in the next section. So we're now going to move on to a quick fire round and um, Rias, we're going to ask you to give us just one thing to do in each category. And previous guests have found this quite hard, but um, we're going to push you for one thing. And I know it's very hot there, so we, we, we want to let you go. Um, but we're going to start off with your favourite thing in Jamaica to see. It can be anything. Um, that is a tough one. So I think I'm no. going to end up giving you like two or three things for each one. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I mean, we call this a quick fire round. 
doesn't always work out that way. But yes. It's always um, just a chat. <laughs> so I think it's maybe, it might be the Blue Lagoon in Port Antonio in Portland, mm. which is, I don't actually know how deep mm-hmm. it is. Okay. I think I, I looked up as, at least a mini skyscraper deep, if I oh, wow. believe the urban legends. It's wow, okay. Like, Amazing. It's, a, it's an offshoot of the river. It's like a little cove. And it starts off like super shallow that you can walk in and swim around. And then it just like, it's like an underwater cliff. And that's the reason it's so blue because of like how deep it is. Oh, and wow. um, I think when you grow up like on a bus looking at the River Thames every day, yeah. And then you go to see water that blue. It's like you it's like a a magic ball. You can't stop staring at it. It's like it's like a, it's like a spell. It puts a spell over you. You can just sit there for hours just staring at how like how blue it is. So so not the kind of murky green. <laughs> no. Brown of the Thames. I think I feel like green is is giving it. Sorry, I don't want to keep like I don't want to keep dumping on England in this interview as well by the way because England's England's cool. Even though they actually live there anymore. Um but it's uh yeah, it's amazing. And then you can can get a raft. You can you can like get yourself covered head to toe in the local clay and then sit mm. on the raft and get rafted around um, with a drink in your hand. Um, nice. Or you just sit around and enjoy it. And I think that's amazing. And then as I mentioned before, up in the Blue Mountains, the view over Kingston mm. is yes, something that's yeah. definitely uh, incredible as well. So yeah, maybe those two. Great answers. I mean, you, you talked about Kingston a little bit before, and I, I, it, in my head, like, um, I mean, Kingston is like, uh, we actually did an episode on LA the other week, and we talked about like kind of the musical heritage and stuff. Obviously, Kingston is mm-hmm. full of noise, full of like of, of bustle. Is is I mean, it's one of those places I've always really wanted to visit, but I never knew that there was tranquility just around the corner. Yeah, right when you get to the edge mm. of town, a town called Papine, and Papine is like the gateway up into the Blue Mountains. Wow. And then you can either, you get a lift up there or you can hitch a series of uh, mini cabs, like just sticking your thumb out and getting a lift up to one town. And then you can get a lift up to the next town up and just keep working oh, like that. Amazing. Um, that sounds sounds brilliant. So uh, next week, I mean, there, there's that's two amazing, amazing things to do there. Um, uh, so next thing, um, I'm sure you'll have some opinions on this, uh, your favorite thing to drink, ideally when you're going around the Blue Lagoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so I'm also not going to give you one answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it's definitely it's a tie between cane juice, coconut Ooh. water, and sour sap juice. And okay. so cane juice is juice from sugarcane, mm-hmm. which is if you're not familiar, it's the kind of long tall bark where sugar yep. comes from, obviously. Yeah. And I was actually I was surprised once when I posted about it how prevalent it is across the world. Obviously, I knew sugar grows in all corners of the world. Mm. But I didn't realize how much of a fan favorite sugarcane juice was. When I went to Vietnam a few years ago, they had vendors selling it everywhere, which is actually not something that you see in Jamaica that much. Okay. You can find vendors, but the actual the volume of sugarcane vendors in Vietnam was like, I wish that was in Jamaica. Like you could just go to any corner and find it. And if you not see one of the machines, they kind of take two of the long four foot uh, branches of sugarcane and like feed it through a machine that pulses it in seconds into a, a, some juice. Cool. And wow. then you can add lime or ginger or uh, even a bit of rum. Lovely. That sounds like my drink, the one with the bit of rum in it. <laughs> yeah. What you can find everywhere is coconuts. Yep. And so you just stop somewhere and then 
someone just kind of wields their machete and just in like three or four just swipes, just manages yeah. to clean off the top and put in a straw. And then you kind of, you down that coconut water in one go and then you hand the coconut back to them and then they take the machete and split it open and then make a little spoon out of the husk and then you can eat the jelly inside. So oh, it's like nice. a two-in-one that you get there. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's definitely a favorite. And then soursop juice, which is yep. one of my favorite fruits in the world, I reckon. Um, and one of the recipes in the book. Um, mm-hmm. Soursop is this kind of green pr- prickly fruit that on the inside is hard to explain. It's kind of like it's kind of like a husky custard of sorts, like a yeah. citrusy custard. It's really like almost like a, like sorbet, mm. like super smooth. Okay, yeah, yeah. And you kind of you you um, scoop the the inner out and discard of the seeds and pulse it, get the juice, and then you can blend it with either a milk. Mm-hmm. So you can make the milk white version, or you can make the like water based version, mm-hmm. and both of those are good with rum as well. Mm. Amazing! I mean, all three three great options there. Um, Riaz, I think the one that everyone really wants to know is your favorite thing to eat. I'm sure this is impossible for you to answer. Um, so you can list several things to eat in Jamaica. Yeah, that is impossible. Um, <laughs> Give us a couple. Go first. You yeah. can give us a full menu if you like. The one interesting thing about Jamaica that I didn't expect when I first started going back was actually how much I didn't really miss eating meat that much. Okay. Which is why I dedicated the first almost three chapters of the book, There's No Meat. Jamaica has a long history of veganism, mm. almost a century now, uh, due to its heritage of the Rastafari people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and in their religion. It's against um, It's against their creed to eat any of God's creatures, which includes meat and fish. Uh, there's varying different scales of it, but yeah, to shorten it, they're mm-hmm. essentially vegan. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so a lot of the food that I really enjoyed eating was from those shops and those shacks selling like Aital vegan food. Mm-hmm. So I guess top of the list when it's on in season is definitely fresh ackee. So any yeah. any food that and any meal that includes fresh ackee, whether that's um, in a stew or cooked down with some rice or ackee and saltfish, which mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. yeah, fish. I think that's definitely among the top. Just because in England, you can only really find ackee in tins um, and the flavor yeah. is just not the same as the the kind of fresh, fresh off the tree. And I guess that goes for any fruit, but it's really compounded in ackee. Like the, the difference in the taste between the fresh and the uh, tinned is just like astronomical. So yeah, that's definitely on top of the list. And then some of the baked snacks as well. So uh, there's a baked snack that's called gizada, which is, it's desiccated coconut mixed with cinnamon, nutmeg, uh, sugar, and then filled into a, like a shell, like a pastry shell, shaped like a star. Um, it's like a really nostalgic thing for me. And if you're in some of the smaller, actually, no, to be honest, if you're in Kingston in the kind of, hustle and bustle areas where there's a lot of people mm. as well as the countryside you can find people walking around selling it but what you really want to do is find somebody who looks like they made it not someone who looks like they picked it up from a depot yeah and yeah the ability to have those like nostalgic baked jamaican goods just like at arm's reach for about yeah. maybe 50p definitely is think <laughs> one of my favorite things to be eating when i'm there like i always stop if i if i'm in the car i'll like demand that they stop so I can 
go and like pick up some. <laughs> I, I mean, is 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 that kind of true in terms of across Jamaica or just particularly in any kind of urban areas like Kingston, where you have lots of little shacks, lots of like things kind of doing very authentic kind of fresh produce uh, at the roadside all over all over because you have a lot of when you're actually when you're in Kingston a lot of people who are there selling don't actually live there yep uh, they work in all kind of like really really crazy hours of the night baking and then they'll come into Kingston to sell and then mm. get get a route bus back to the, the town that they live and same for the countryside people kind of cook in really early hours in the morning and then they'll go to like the plots that they know a lot of people go to or they'll cook at or they'll sell out the front of their house mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can buy from there. Cool. And is it like kind of, uh, I mean, you kind of alluded to this earlier about like people's like favorite, favorite places to go and stuff, but is there a lot of word of mouth around that as well? Like don't go to their stall, go to their stall, um, you know, kind of uh, sort of almost like folk recommendations around it. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like I said, everybody's got their own favorite place. Um mm. The reasons for that, I guess, I guess, are multidimensional. Sometimes it's just because the person cooks the food that the same way that their grandma did. Yeah. And so yeah. for them, that's the best food because it kind yeah. of tastes like even things like rice and peas, mm. which is one of the recipes in the book. Yeah. In my family, it was always cooked with kidney beans. Yeah. Um, and in a lot of families, they use pigeon peas or gunga peas and... Mm. That's like a real deal breaker for some people. So if there's a restaurant selling it with the kidney beans, it's like, oh God, no, don't go there. It's, it's, oh, it's disgusting. No, they cook it wrong and they do it wrong. You can't go there. You have to go to this place. So it's like even tiny things like that influence people's opinions on different places yeah. and like where they'll suggest. And I guess even me. Have you had to try really, really hard to be objective then to lay, lay your kind of like your preferences to a side and, and try every, a bit of everything? Yeah. Definitely, but like I said, once I have my places, I always go back to them. So yeah. I'll try it. I'll try anywhere once. <laughs> and then you'll go back to the same places all, all the time. Yeah, and then I'll go, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just kind of like finally on your kind of best things to do section, do you have any kind of like of the island's best kept secrets that you'd be willing to share with us? We'd obviously keep it very quiet, but yeah. Um, there are best kept secrets, but actually I'm not one of those people who keep secrets in that way especially when it comes to like small business actually i'd rather more people went and supported yeah. them than didn't yeah um which is actually most of portland parish to be honest mm-hmm. um it's kind of got an emerging tourist scene but in comparison to the international billion dollar resorts yeah that you'll find in uh like negrilla montego bay and Rios, mm-hmm. i reckon mm-hmm. like the whole of portland is it's it's like a hidden secret yeah and I'd hope, yeah, encourage more people to more people to go there, and there's a people that are genuinely uh, happy there to meet tourists, and there's like a real I wouldn't say shock or surprise, mm-hmm. but you do find a, a real elation from some of the people there when you get talking to them and tell them where they're from, and there's like it's almost like what are you doing here kind of thing, like how did you end up over here? Because it's so detached yeah. from that international tourist circuit, mm-hmm. and I think most of my yeah most of my kind of my food-related uh, inspiration does come from that side of the island and the experiences I had there. That sounds brilliant, Riaz. Um, and uh, now let's take a quick look at uh, the sort of present and the future of Jamaica and, uh, and you know, uh, talk a little bit about your book too. Hi. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Sarias, tell us, how has the country fared um, in recent times, but specifically during the pandemic? Yeah, I think the pandemic was really bad, actually, for a lot of the Mm. uh, country. Um, Tourism's pretty much to make its number one source, like revenue. It it makes up the largest part of its uh, GDP. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, tourism being um, uprooted in that way because of the pandemic was, uh, yeah, was devastating for a lot of businesses. It's... It was kind of twofold in a way, actually, because so much actually of the in the business um, actually is not owned by Jamaicans. So okay. while it does employ a lot of people, um, a lot of it was um, a lot of it is owned by kind of international uh, operators. Mm-hmm. So in that way, it didn't cause a, a catastrophic um, event in Jamaica like it could have. But yeah, as I said, it employs a load of people whether that's mm. through those internationally owned businesses or through like independent uh, businesses. Mm. Mm. So actually f- you found a great deal of people using that time to try and focus on things that weren't tourist centric. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really interested to go back and see how a lot of businesses kind of revamped and um, pivoted into different things. But some of the smaller businesses, they were only ever really focused on sport in their local communities of that's mm-hmm. kind of small food places, and I think they kind of managed to tick along. Mm. But I think yeah, yeah. no matter how, no matter who you are, you were negatively affected in some way. But I think that's everyone in the world almost. Sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And and how about like, uh, have you been back to Jamaica since the pandemic, or or are you kind of itching to get back? And I know you're currently in Trinidad. Yeah, I'm going in a few weeks' time. Uh, I'm guessing you've already got all, all your route planned out. You're going to be doing the loop. I'm guessing. No, actually, going to stay in one place. All right, like a small family holiday um Lovely. actually it's uh can get like uh tiring and mentally taxing and sometimes when you're writing about somewhere and you're taking pictures and you're taking notes and you've got your phone you're actually like not living in the moment and experiencing it for yourself sometimes mm. yeah. so it can be a bit detrimental actually to writing um yeah. and creativity so yeah and i'm i'm one of those notorious people who like brings an ipad to the beach and works um, yeah. <laughs> so trying to get out of that fold, um, and actually just like, just be present in the moment yeah, and enjoy, enjoy being back as well. Cause I guess it must've been quite a while really. Yeah. Since 2020. Okay. And, yeah. um, going to a place called treasure beach, which okay. is another kind of off the 
beaten path. I kind of it's a, it's very much a tourist centric region, but not in the same breath as like kind of massive all inclusive resorts. Mm, mm. More like small like people who turn bits of their homes into guest houses and like beachfront balconies and like still really like focused on supporting the local community and small restaurants in the local community owned by families in the community and that kind of thing. So yeah, that's that's my kind of vibe that I'm into. Mm. A bit more kind of, um, well, uh, the authentic gets thrown around a lot, but like kind of set up for tourists, but also able to kind of support that community and, and be a bit more and give a bit back as well. And yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, um, and I mean, you, I think it's quite an important point as well that, you know, we can, uh, lots of uh, our guests are kind of like travel writers, kind of travel around the world and stuff. They do have holidays too. And they are. <laughs> <laughs> so like it's take important a, for them to take, yeah. take a break and take it all in for sure. And I mean, you're heading in a couple of weeks time. Um, what time would you say is the best time to plan a visit to Jamaica? Um, almost any time between January and June. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's, it's high season for a lot of, fruit and produce um yep. it's mainly sunny good weather i think mm. january and february or may and june are just outside of really really high peak yep. tourist season so you'll get you'll definitely have a bit of a quiet time um around april the weeks around easter are absolutely hectic mm-hmm. so mm. if you want to if that's what you're into then definitely <laughs> yeah. visit then but I think any any time around then, after that, it dips into rainy and hurricane season. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not the best time to visit. Yeah, yeah. And you, see, and you mentioned uh, Easter there, Rias. Is there sort of like any events that you do recommend that people go visit for? Yeah, well, um, carnival's getting really big in Jamaica. I know that sounds kind of crazy to say, but carnival in Jamaica has not always been the biggest event. I know everyone who mm. goes to Notting Hill Carnival would imagine that. Jamaica has this crazy, vibrant, colourful carnival, and it does now, mm. and it has a series of smaller events around the year, like different um, different holidays, like Easter and Christmas. But actually, that carnival is more representative of what you'd find somewhere like Trinidad or Guyana. Mm. But that kind of Trinbagan, Guyanese carnival is getting more popular in Jamaica now. Mm. So around Easter, you've got that's when you've got um, some of the carnivals coming up, and you've got like. Festival of Floats and I Love Soko, which are like two really big parties in the in the north, mm-hmm. and those are just kind of like I don't know. Imagine Notting Hill Carnival, but on a beach. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's basically wow. like what it is. Awesome. Not the most family friendly event. So if there's families, then uh, maybe steer clear of those. But understood. Definitely, you, you, there's definitely like kids carnival events that happen around that time as well. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's just a really fun time. Cool. cool. Awesome. Uh, and I kind of wanted to sort of finally pick up on a little bit of like things that, well, you at the minute in terms of um, obviously you're kind of work at, currently in Trinidad and working on the next book. But I just wanted to take a look back at, uh, at West Winds, which is actually coming out on the 2nd of June. Um, uh, and it's sort of subtitled like recipes, history and tales from Jamaica. Um, you've talked a little bit about some of the recipes inside. Um, is it kind of like, uh, and it kind of being a celebration of food. Um, what can readers expect from the book? That's a big question. I know. I'm sorry. I've put you on the spot there. <laughs> 
No, I think one of the main elements I wanted to touch on was the diversity that we spoke on earlier on about、mm. the diversity and makeup of the Caribbean、mm. um, and Jamaica. And、mm. so I think a lot of times with food and culture, it's really reductionist. We like try and boil down a whole country or a region into like one or two or three like foods,、mm. and that does like a real disservice to like the history and culture of a place. And with me being from Jamaica and experiencing that in England, I kind of wanted to work on something that was fun, but also touched on that different, those different histories and those different cultures、um, and heritage and everything that makes up Jamaica.、Mm-hmm. And yeah, one of the easiest ways of talking about history, I think, is food,、mm-hmm. which is kind of why I've become so interested in learning and writing about it because、yeah. everybody eats places.、Yeah. London, Manchester, Birmingham, which are already quite diverse. Yeah,、um, mm-hmm. people have a genuine interest for exploring new foods and learning about new foods.、Mm. And so, you know, if you present someone with a textbook、mm. of history, they might not engage with it. But a cookbook, if you can sneak yeah, in that history in there, I always find that's a good way of shoehorning in,、uh, shoehorning stuff in. It's a, it's a sensory thing, and we've talked about this with a couple of guests before. So I'm thinking, like when we talked to Santos Shah in the last、mm. season, Lucy,、um, about Nepali cuisine. But it's,、um, you know, it senses, it, it smells. It, every like dishes、mm. do tell a story, and actually, it's a it's interesting looking at like particularly with、uh, a country like Jamaica, where as you say, there's、uh, there's lots of. Uh, different kind of cultures, different.、Um, uh, I mean, I'm fascinated、mm. by the idea of like different kind of ways of doing different dishes from town to town and from family to family and so on. But it's a,、uh, it, it just kind of it's a way of like en-、uh, easy access into that history without necessarily, yeah, reading a textbook or anything like、mm. that. Yeah, I think the main the main like most urgency for me, how much、uh, Caribbean Jamaican discourse is coming up in the media now about like the Windrush、mm. generation. And、mm-hmm. just how long Caribbean and Jamaican people have been in England compared to how little is known about the、yep. culture and heritage of the place,、yep. in comparison to other other migrant groups that have been in the country for the same time,、yeah. I think it's something where、yeah. I wanted to use that voice and that method of using food to kind of try and stoke those conversations and. Just play my part in spreading that like knowledge base further.、Mm. It looks like a fantastic book and and really really interesting as well. I think, you know, we, we as I mentioned, we've talked to other kind of、uh, chefs and, and cookery writers and things before, and and it's it there is a unique relationship between the UK and Jamaica and like loads of cities across the world as well. Talked to Sajay in Toronto, talked about kind of Jamaican culture over there as well. Mm-hmm, yeah. And,、um, been. Uh, yeah, it uh,、um, it looks like it'll be a fascinating read and a really good primer into not just Jamaican food but Jamaican culture and life there as well. So, really looking forward to that. It's out on the second of June. And just to say,、uh, thank you so much, Rias, for joining us all the way from Trinidad. I believe you you know you, you've talked about it's a it's a really hot room. You close the windows. <laughs> you turn the air conditioning off just for us. So we're so、thank、grateful for、so、you much, taking the time to, to out of your busy schedule to join us and. And、I really, really hope you have a super restful time in Treasure on Treasure Beach over the next couple of weeks, and put away the iPad for a bit. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
so a huge thank you to Riaz. Uh, that was brilliant. Yeah. A real kind of whistle stop tour of, uh, of Jamaica there. Um, listener, I, I, you might kind of be able to tell we did have a couple of uh, technical issues and problems <laughs> in that episode but i think we we managed to make it through and uh yeah thank you so much to Riaz for giving us a kind of foodie introduction into the world of jamaica yes. and the kind of like caribbean too and and yeah, for all do his look patience up. with our technical difficulties as well yes, so thank yes. you so much Riaz. But do look out for West Winds that's coming out uh, coming out later this year um, in June. And if you want to follow Riaz's activities, you can find him on Instagram and Twitter at Riaz Phillips. That's R-A-A-Z Phillips. And join us next time. Yeah. Little bit different. Very, very different. And we are going to be, uh, be visiting Kew Gardens. So... Um, yeah. Uh, like a very very different take it, it, we've cut, we're kind of doing this in celebration of our new book Gardens of the World which kind of focuses on gardens um, 67 gardens around the planet it's and obviously it's a really really beautiful book and one of those is uh, Kew Gardens so we'll be t- talking to some of the team there um, about what makes that unique about kind of horticulture, about the phenomenon of garden travel as well. So it's going to be a little bit different, very, very different to this episode. Um, (laughs) But yeah, do join us then in a fortnight for that episode. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, listener. And it's bye from me. And it's bye from me. And we shall see you very soon. Where to Go was produced by the team at DKI Witness and the wonderful Julia Baker. It was presented by James Atkinson and Lucy Richards and mastered by Johnny Coddington at Bottle Rocket Recording. For more information about DK Eyewitness, follow us on social media at DK Eyewitness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. And don't forget to please like, rate, review and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Your support means so much to us. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.